If I can direct everyone's attention to uh, the entrance to the CU Center, the baptismal font. God's Word tells us that having been baptized, we are baptized into Christ. That we're baptized into His death and burial, and we are raised to life in His resurrection. And so we often begin our day or maybe our times of worship with what we call an invocation. The speaking of the triune name of God and the making of the sign of the cross. And we do so as a way to recall our baptisms and to be reminded that we are gathered to praise God's name and call upon Him in prayer because our life is found in Christ and in Christ alone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to invite you to find your seats. So today, today is an important day in the church's history. I know most typically what's on our mind is that today is Halloween, but it's also a day that we call Reformation Day. And it's a day, as you can tell by some of the images up on the screens, it's a day that in many ways centers around a door. You see, on October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther, an Augustinian monk, nailed a series of disputes and declarations to the door of the castle church in Wittenberg. And it sparked a movement to reform teachings and practices of the church in conflict with what is seen in God's Word. The Reformation affirmed that salvation is on account of Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone. Now a door, whether literal or figurative, a door is what allows people, things, ideas, and teachings to pass through into our midst, or it keeps things separate by shutting those things out. So that Wittenberg door and the events surrounding the Reformation direct us to set our eyes on yet another door. It was Jesus who said this in John 10, verses 9 and 10. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. There's a movie from a a few years back called The Jerk. Steve Martin plays a character who uh, has gone from poverty to wealth, but is now losing it all. And in one scene, standing in his mansion, he sweeps his arms across his desk, knocking off all the papers and other items, saying, I don't need any of this. I don't need this stuff. But then pausing to pick up an ashtray, he says, except this, I I need this. And then he makes his way across the room, pointing out the things he doesn't need, but then stopping to bend over to pick up another item. And this paddle game. The ashtray and the paddle game, but that's all I need. And this, stopping to pick up a remote on his way out. The ashtray, paddleball game, and remote control is all I need, making his way towards the door. Uh, These matches and this lamp. This ashtray, the paddleball game, this remote, these matches, this lamp, and that's all I need. That's all I need. And I don't need one other thing. Not one. I need this chair as he stops to pick up a chair. And so then you are left looking at this pathetic image. Do we have it? There we go. This pathetic image of a man in a robe, his pants falling down around his ankles, carrying a chair, a lamp, a paddleball game, ashtray, matches, a remote control, trying to make his way through a door and move on to whatever is next in his life. In many ways, this illustrates the state of the church at the time of the Reformation. See, the church... The church had become distracted at many different points in its history. 
So much and so that it had lost its grip on the all-sufficient one thing that it needed. And instead acquired several different things it thought it needed for salvation, life, and truth. So today's chapel, a little bit different than maybe our normal Fridays in a bit. But in our time of worship, we will unpack what that Reformation means for us today. As we cling to Christ alone, as being salvation for our salvation, our daily life, and our only source of truth. Let's continue to sing. church and about Christ being all-sufficient. The question may come up, what makes us the church? What makes us saints? What makes us children of God? Again, it was Jesus who said in John 8, everyone who commits a sin is a slave to sin, but if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. It is Christ alone who is sufficient for our salvation. He is the only one who can free us from our sins. And so we're going to continue with a time of confession. Confession is simply to, to reflect on our sin, that is, our need for a Savior, and our trust in what Jesus has done for us. In many ways, as was pointed out in a Monday chapel by Mike Mindorf, it is to hear what has been said by God about us and to repeat that back to him. And so to help with that, Martin Luther wrote a series of questions that can be useful in reflecting upon in a time of confession. So during this time, I'd like to invite each of you to reflect upon these questions as I ask them. And if you're in agreement, if you feel comfortable, more than welcome then to join in together in speaking uh, the given responses which will be on the screen. And so let's set our hearts and minds to confess our sins. Do you believe that you are a sinner? Yes, I believe. How do you know this? 
Are you sorry for your sins? What have you deserved from God for your sins? Do you hope to be saved? In whom then do you trust? What has Christ done for you that you trust in him? What motivated Christ to die and make payment for your sins? As you believe, so let it be. In the stead and by the command of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I forgive you of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's sing the closing verse of that song, The Church is One Foundation. Christ alone who is sufficient for our salvation, but it's also Christ alone who is sufficient for our daily lives. And by that I don't mean that we reject the care of doctors because Jesus is going to heal us. It is Jesus who heals most often through the work of those doctors. It doesn't mean that we simply wait around waiting for God to take care of our need of food by waiting for food to simply fall from the heavens, although he is the one who provides us with our daily food. No, it's more of a response to the question of in whom do we put our trust for each day? Who do we turn to? Who do we seek in need? In the last hours before his crucifixion, Jesus spoke candidly to his disciples about the problems, the trouble that they would experience in the world. But then in John 15, he said, Take heart, for I have overcome the world. See, this is a day to remember that we will find peace in our daily lives only in Christ and Christ alone. The author of Psalm 46 said it this way, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Be still and know that I am God. 
I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's sing a song reflecting upon what it is to have God and Christ as our fortress. explained to his disciples that not only would there be troubles in life, but that in many cases the world and the people in the world would often be the source of tribulation because of having faith in Jesus Christ. There would be those in the world working to undermine Christ, his work, and his word. But in John 14, 1 and 6, Jesus said this. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. For I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus directed his disciples, and he directs us today to see the all-sufficiency of his word. For he is the truth. 
In this world, there are so many conflicting voices and messages, including those who would say, it's okay, we can add all these things together. There doesn't need to be just one voice. In fact, often it says it's better to pick the best of everything. In fact, maybe the best answer is to have the blending of as many voices as possible to undo the bias of a single voice. But in faith, we take a stand. And we say, no. Christ is enough. His word is sufficient for showing his truth, for exposing our rebellion, for correcting our mistakes, and for training us to live as God desires, for us to be shaped in relationship to our creator and for the tasks and lives that he calls us to. But it's hard. It's hard to hear his voice distinguished from the cacophony of noise in the world and even within our own heads. And so our prayer is that despite those who would desire to replace the word of God or drown out his voice, seeking to wrestle us away from his kingdom and his care, that Christ would keep us steadfast in his word. Amen. Will you stand and join me in a word of prayer and then in our closing song? We pray. Almighty God, since you have caused all Holy Scriptures, your word, to be written for our learning, grant that we would hear them. Not only hear them, but read them, study them, learn them, and take them to heart, that we may embrace and forever hold fast and cling to the hope of everlasting life. You would have it that all would be saved and come to the knowledge of your truth. By your almighty power and unsearchable wisdom, break and hinder all the counsels of those who hate your word and who by corrupt teaching would destroy it. Enlighten them instead with the knowledge of Christ that they would know your grace and peace. And finally, preserve us daily in true faith, in true faith in Christ and in Christ alone, your Son, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Let's sing our closing song. into your weekends, go with God's blessing. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen. Have a good weekend.